I want to welcome our visitors as well. If you have not had the opportunity to fill out one of these cards that's on the back of the pew in front of you, I encourage you to do that. Just get it to whoever you saw up here this morning uh, serving us in the worship, and we'll get that handled the way it needs to be. Appreciate everybody being here this morning. I hate to be the guy that continues to talk about the same thing that everybody else has talked about this morning, but in case you missed it, we're doing Journey Back to School today. And this is a large, large project that requires many hands. And I saw on our sign-up sheet this morning that a lot of you have signed up, and you may not have signed up and just figured, well, I'll get here to help, and that's fantastic. Yeah, I talked with Sarah and Chris this morning. They're working the setup of that, and they're asking volunteers to be here at 12.30. So that's go get lunch, get changed, because it's going to be hot. Come back and help with setup. Yeah, from the way I understand it, because you know, I've never actually experienced Journey Back to School, but the way I understand it is folks usually start arriving around 1 o'clock to start parking to wait for the 3 o'clock start time. So if you can get here... As a member, and what we're asking for the membership is to use the parking lot on the south side, to park over here on the south side. There's that turn in or driveway over there on the other side of the office building. Park over there, park up here on the other side of the education building, and if need be, park on Warren Street or just don't park on the facility grounds. We're trying to keep as much space open for the community as possible. They'll be parking in the north parking lot. I think, where's Chris and Sarah at? Oh, they're upstairs, aren't they? They're working on all of the different community parts on the grass over here, and they're trying to keep that as much as possible over underneath the trees to keep that other grass area open for parking as well. So, again, 12.30, 1 o'clock is when startup will go. Go get your lunch, go get changed, get back here to help for startup. And a word of encouragement to you, it's going to be hot. There's going to be a lot of people here. Let you the watchword for your behaviors be the love of Christ. Be patient. Show the people who Jesus is through your actions and behaviors. I know you will. Uh, the elders are excited about this opportunity to serve the community. I think we should be as well. Also, this Wednesday, we're going to start doing devotionals before our evening Bible class. So prepare your minds for that as you come back for that. And since we're doing Journey Back to School, just keep our kids in your prayers as they go back to school. That's our kids and all the other kids, their teachers, everything that's going on. Keep them in your prayers. We've got a men's retreat coming up in October, or no, sorry, in August at Toledo Bend. Uh, there's information out there for that. If you're interested in going, that's August 21st. Glenn, is that right for the men's retreat? Glenn says yes through his mental connection that I have with him. Um, so if you're interested in that, get, get ready for that. Then we have a young adults retreat coming up October. Questions about that, see Austin LaRock. And that's all I got announcements-wise for you this morning. Let's get into the lesson. Mark chapter 7, if you haven't already turned over there in your Bibles, that's where we find ourselves this morning. You know, it's interesting when you start looking at society, yeah, community, however you want to think about it, but you, you've got religious You've got political, you've got social problems that just seem to be in the forefront, and it almost looks like they just get thrown in our face on a constant, constant basis. We never get a break from it. And, and I think at times we hear words like unprecedented or never seen before. They also get attached to a lot of the different problems that are being presented to us, and we kind of buy into that, don't we? 
But I seem to recall reading somewhere, maybe you guys have read it also, that there's nothing new under the sun. Now, do we actually believe that when we read it? So that means that anything or everything that we're going through, all of the different societal problems, political issues, whatever it is, have already been dealt with before? Because I'm convinced that that's what that phrase, nothing new under the sun, actually means. Okay, which actually could, should be a level of encouragement to us that we're not the ones that are breaking the ground on how to handle different things that we find ourselves dealing with in this world that we live in. But the biggest issue, and again, since it's happened throughout humanity, the biggest issue I think that we find ourselves facing through all of these, no matter what time frame we find ourselves facing them in, is that we look at these issues and we immediately come up with a diagnosis for what the problem is. Okay, and usually what happens is because of that diagnosis, we come up with institutions, laws, whatever, to think that that's going to solve the problem. Not realizing the whole time that we have misdiagnosed the entire issue. We fail to actually see what is the root problem. And most of the people that think that that's the way to do things is just to look at everything that's going on is that they think that if we can just solve the external problems in an individual, then the internal problems will take care of themselves. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like what we see in verse 2 of Mark chapter 7. Right? The Pharisees, they find out that Jesus' disciples are eating their bread with impure hands. They haven't washed before they eat. And for those of us who have raised children, we understand how absolutely religiously important that actually is in this world, right? That that is just the most paramount thing that we ever have to deal with in our life. Because how many of us as parents asked our kids when they sat down at the dinner table, do you wash your hands? And then you ask the second most important question, with soap? We understand the importance of having clean hands when we eat, but this is the issue that's coming out. Okay, <clears throat> this is a treatment of a symptom that we're going to see unfold in the story as Jesus is talking with the Pharisees and, and his disciples as we go through. And I almost at this point, I'm kind of viewing the Pharisees more as just theological hitmen you know, with Jesus and his disciples, right? They're just looking for a problem at this point. And it's interesting because in the history of God's people, there's always the issue, the hot button topic. When Jesus was walking the earth, you know what the hot button topic was? Working on the Sabbath, right? For the early church, you know what the hot button topic was? Circumcision. For the church today, you know what the hot button topic is? No, we're not getting into that. Uh, we'll deal with that another time, okay? But the, the biggest issue is this official delegation from these theological hitmen come up. They want to trap Jesus because of what his disciples are doing. Now, understand, we think washing your hands is something simple as going in Three pumps on the soap dispenser. It's always three, by the way. That's biblical. Three, pump, three pumps on the soap dispenser. Got to be not too hot that you burn your hands, but at least warm to kill the bacteria and, and whatever else you're carrying. How long, what is it? 20 seconds of wash? Is that what they're saying now? 20 seconds underneath the running water. Leave the water running. Grab the paper towel. Dry. Use the paper towel to turn off the water. Take your paper towel, open the door, use your foot, 
chucked a paper towel, now you can go about your life clean. That seems really elaborate to me. Does it not to you? Well, as elaborate as that is, just for us washing our hands, you need to understand that the elaborate ceremony that they were expecting these people to go through was what we would call a bath today. It isn't just that they were washing their hands. They were immersing themselves in water, essentially, to get all of the nasty off so they could eat a piece of bread, right? And and the reason they did this was because they believed that they're ceremonially unclean because who knows what they were touching while they were out there working and walking and doing whatever. They could transfer that uncleanness to the bread and then through the eating of the bread, it would go inside them and then make them unclean. All right? That's the mindset that is being presented when they say, hey, why are your disciples eating bread with impure hands? And there's really only two different views on what man's biggest problem is, two different approaches, I guess, toward this problem. Uh, And we may find ourselves actually in one of those two camps this morning. Is it what happens outside that makes a person unclean or what happens inside that makes a person unclean? And that's what Jesus is dealing with. Because the Pharisees are saying that change comes from the outside in. All right? Uh, and, but there's a couple of problems that come with this mindset. The first problem that comes with this mindset is, first off, if we have outward conformity, if we all are doing the same thing outwardly, there's a belief that that would change us internally. Well, what does that actually foster? If we believe that we can, we can just look the part outwardly, and if we just look the part long enough, it'll actually change who we are internally. What's the biggest issue that comes from that? Do you guys know, kids? Hypocrisy, right? Because how many of us, and let's just be honest together, how many of us have tried to live Christianity like that? thinking that if we go through the motions, we do everything perfectly externally, it will change our mind and our heart. How many of us tried that? How many of us failed at that? It doesn't work. You know why it doesn't work? Because it promotes hypocrisy. You become a hypocrite through all of this, right? Look at verse 6 in chapter 7. What does Jesus say here? He says, look, guys, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Well, their external behavior is clearly changing them in an external way. Their internal nature remains unaffected by anything that's going on externally. And so he says, you religious, basically he's calling them actors, religious play actors. He goes, you hypocrites, your conformity without is not changing you within. Your heart hasn't even been touched on this. And the second thing that Jesus cites here is that working from the outside in necessitates a multitude of man-made rules. Over and over. And they have to keep adding to them. And these man-made rules, look at verse 9. 
who are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. These man-made rules eventually take over. So we're no longer living and listening to God. Who's making the rules for our life if all we're doing is trying to live the way God would have us live in an external manner only? Who's making the rules? We are. Guys, when we're making the rules, who's God? We are. Jesus even tells them that in their, their behaviors, what they've done is they've broken the law, right? Moses says, honor your father and your mother. He who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, in your rules and the way that you're doing things, is you can get out of obeying God's law by invoking some man-made rule. And then you jump down to verses 14 and 15 when Jesus says, listen to me, all of you. Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. Now, here's what I find so, so fascinating. How many of us understood what Jesus just said? It's not what comes in that defiles, it's what goes out. We get that, right? His disciples are clueless. Well, guys, the more I think about this, if his disciples don't really understand what Jesus is saying, then maybe we might have a problem with understanding what Jesus is saying. If they're struggling with the concepts that Jesus is presenting here, then I guarantee you that we're going to probably struggle with it also. And it's going to be a real challenge for us to actually live the way the Lord is calling us to live. But look at what he says there, in verse, starting in verse 18. He says to him, are you so lacking in understanding also? Listen, it's almost like Jesus is saying, listen, guys, I get that these dudes over here don't understand what I'm talking about, but you guys too? Are you also lacking? He says, do you, do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? It's impossible. Because it doesn't go into his heart, it goes into his stomach and it's eliminated. He declares all food clean at that point. Mark gives us a little parenthetical there. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man that is what defiles the man. Jesus is teaching that the heart of the problem is the heart. That's the problem. It's nothing that's going on externally that's the problem. It's what's happening internally that is the issue, and that that is what must be addressed first and foremost. That working from the outside in cannot tame our heart. It doesn't work. You wonder why you struggle with addictions. You wonder why you struggle with different things. Take a look at how you're dealing with the problem. Are you just trying to change external circumstances or are you actually working to change the internal? Because 
Because if all we're doing is changing external circumstances, we're going to find ourselves failing over and over and over again. Look at verse 21. For what from from within, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. You cannot, listen to Jesus here, you cannot do it on the outside and change the heart. Let's ask another question. Do we believe what Jeremiah said from our reading this morning? Do we believe it? That the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Outside in does not work. And I don't care if, it's, if we're talking about it in terms of outside in, whether it's religion, whether it's social institutions, it will not work because it does not address the actual source of the disease. And that's the heart. And what Jesus is saying here is truly radical. So radical that those who were listening to him say it had a hard time actually believing it. And I'm convinced that it's so radical that there are some Christians who still don't believe it. That he is saying that our problems with sin aren't caused by our environment. He's saying that our problems with sin are caused because they're residing within our hearts. And how many times have we laid blame to our environment for our sin and not actually pointing the finger at where we need to point it? I think it's one of the greatest tricks that Satan ever pulled on us, guys where he says, oh, listen, I get it. Yeah, you sinned, and that's bad, you know, but it's not really your fault. I get the reason why you behave the way you do. It's the way you were raised. That's why you sin, because your mom and dad. It's their fault. Oh, I get it. That's why you sin. It's because of the culture that we're in. It's the culture that you find yourself living in. That's why you sin, because it's just normal, and that's what everybody does. Guys, at what point do we actually need to wake up and realize, you know, that we're going to have, we've got our hands on the wheel that whole time, and we're the ones directing the car? that it's our heart that's the source of the issue. And that's the problem with the Pharisees. 
That's what Jesus is trying to do in his instruction here. It's the path that Jesus is leading us down. See, the Pharisees uh, were trying this outside-in approach to solve the sin problem. That there was a belief in the Pharisaical community and the, and the religious leaders at large, I guess we could say, is that if the nation of Israel could keep the law perfectly for one day, the Christ would appear. And so what did they do? They set up hedges and rules and everything else to help the people actually obey the law through external legislation. They thought that they could root out all of the problems of community and humanity by doing outward actions, religious rituals, watching what you eat, and everything else that comes through all of that. Did it work? Then why do we as Christians believe the same thing? How many times have we heard, either from other people's lips or from our own, boy, if we could just pass the right legislation, Man, if we could get the right politicians in office. Whew, I bet if we could control the media, we wouldn't have these problems. You know who's to blame? Jerry Springer. And that trash television program. If we, could, if we could get the right legislation, the right politicians, if we could control the media, then every problem that is destroying our culture would just go away. How many times have we heard it? How many times have we said it? That is a misdiagnosis of the problem. But how many times do we hear it said, whew, man, if we could just address the sin problem in the hearts of people. If we could just have enough courage to actually say that it's not external circumstances that is the problem, but the heart of a man who is deep in sin and just wants to continue in that sin, that's the actual problem. Because whether we have the right legislation or the right politicians or control of the media, social or otherwise, if we're not actually addressing the human heart condition, everything is going to remain the same. That's going, that is true for our society and that is true for us individually. Those things are symptoms. They are not the cause. That root cause is sin. And that by the way, is what Jesus came to address. See, Jesus isn't just spouting off cool stuff to say and being, you know, the first of the woke generation. But Jesus is actually here to solve the sin problem, to solve the heart problem. That's what his entire ministry is about. To take that broken, decrepit, deformed, and degenerate heart of yours and change it. As, he, as we are recreated, made that new creation, that's what Jesus is able to accomplish through his mission on this earth. That we don't have to worry about being changed externally. Jesus changes us from the inside out. 
And as we continue in submission to him, that change continues to happen. We continue to grow through all of it. Let's not, buy, let's not find ourselves falling prey to religious malpractice and actually diagnose the issue and understand that just as Jesus' mission, I'll get it out, was to seek and save the lost, to seek and those whose hearts needed to be reformed and changed and redeemed, as his ambassadors, we are called to the same mission. Now, we're not dying for those people, not the way Jesus did. But we will put ourselves to death for Christ's sake as he changes us. We will not skirt around the truth of what the problem is with humanity as we walk on this earth. Jesus never did. As Christ's ambassadors, I think I'll, I'll quote Paul here, our mission on this earth is to beg people. Do you guys know what he said that we beg you to be? Reconciled to God. Address the heart issue, guys. Let's get to the root cause of the evil in our society. And not join everybody else and pointing fingers at everywhere but where it actually belongs. That's who we've called to be and that's the path Jesus is leading us on. It's what he's teaching us of who to be. And maybe you're finding yourself really struggling with this concept. You've been, you've been really trying to make all of the external changes to circumstances so that the inward would change. Guys, that's not going to happen. You've got to address it internally. You've got to submit that heart to the Lord. And Christians struggle with this every day. Let's not kid ourselves. Why do you think we have this group of people here? That we can be encouraging, we can, we can help each other on this walk to understand the true calling of Jesus as we live our life. And if you're struggling with, with the external circumstances and just trying to make changes and you just find yourself feeling like a hypocrite and it's not working, make the change to an internal one. Flip that script. Seek the help of the elders. They're here for you. They're here to pray for you. They're here to counsel you. They're here to lead you. And they'll be up front here in about three seconds when Hank gets up to lead a song for you to make that confession. They'll also be in the back over here if you need to have a private conversation with them. But they love you and they're here for you. Maybe you're not a Christian and you've just been trying to fix the ex the, all of these different things by living just externally, understand Jesus' death on the cross necessitates a death of your own. You make the confession of him as Christ and you're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. You are changed. Doesn't mean you come out perfect, but you are changed and you will continue to grow in him as you live for him. If you have that need, if you have other needs, whatever it is this morning, be encouraged that we all struggle and we're all here for each other, but make those needs known by coming forward while we stand and sing.